0: All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of Mama to Mamas. I'm so excited. I'm always excited about my guests, but particularly excited about Keika.
1: Oh, Auntie Keika.
0: Auntie Keika, as we lovingly call her, as babies and toddlers galore. No, Kaylin. (laughs) So Kaylin and I met at work. We currently work together. But honestly we have so many other connections that it's very surprising that we did not know each other before this we grew up a town apart went to neighboring high schools had lots of mutual friends both had the same high school job working for a makeup artist and we both lived in Encinitas so as you can see so many connections but thankfully our jobs brought us together Kaelin is truly one of the funniest people I know. She adds realness and laughter to any situation when we need it most, motherhood included, so that's why I'm so excited that she's here today to add a little humor to motherhood. Uh, she's a mom of two, Two. I feel like Summer and Tommy are teenagers now, honestly.
1: <laughs> that's sad. They're
0: not. They're eight and five, right? Yeah. Okay. They just, the latest photos, I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're all grown up. You've
1: seen a lot over the years of COVID on Zoom. It's true.
0: Also should mention that Kaylin's a newish dog mom. Am I
1: supposed to chime in during this intro?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because I keep wanting to comment. Please comment as much as you want. There's no rules. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Poppy has recently entered your family.
1: That's right.
0: And lastly, before we really get into the meat of it, Kaylin was with me hours before I went into labor, which is very fitting for this conversation. We were on a Zoom call to like 5 p.m. on a Friday, and I went into labor on Saturday.
1: <laughs> There's so many special moments. I know. Isn't it fun to reflect on them all? Yeah, I just, we all hope we didn't send you into labor in a <laughs> negative way we
0: might have we might have but you know what i live to tell the story and here we are in mama to Mamas. so all of that said please chime in now because you're on
1: mama to mamas well i'm thank you for that intro because you know i've always wanted to be famous so i kind of feel like this is my kind of my big my big chance like my big reveal
0: this is your big break, you guys. This is this introducing is Kaylin to the, Kalen Grant to the world.
1: Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> and I appreciate the comments about my humor and that's a lot of pressure. But as you know, this is a very exciting for me because I love to give unsolicited advice at yeah. work, which is not the place to do it, but it's my only real opportunity. And so I usually only get like a quick moment on Zoom before someone cuts me off or a f- remark in the chat that may or may not be appropriate. So yeah. now I get this whole hour with you. It's all about you. you I know. Focus. And usually I have to a therapist for that. <laughs> so it's very exciting.
0: It's very exciting. Okay. We're going to start way back at the beginning. And this is a silly question, but I feel like because we like grew up similar lives very close to each other. Yeah. I want to know, when you were growing up, did you always want to be a mom? And did you keep a list in your phone of all your baby names that you someday (laughs) wanted to name your children?
1: Okay, that's a good question. And it does come up a lot in conversations, I feel like, with other women who are, like, not sure that they want to be a mom or not, actually. For me, I always wanted to be a mom. In a lot of ways, I'm like, I never knew any different. When I talked to other women that aren't sure I was like you know that's kind of nice actually that that's something that I always knew I was like upset that person that was like the little girl who was obsessed with babies and yeah. I wanted to babysit any <laughs> anybody I could get my hands on <laughs> I babysat <laughs> my neighbors I didn't have a little I'm the youngest so right. I always wanted to babysit and I always knew I wanted to be a mom and I did keep a list of names not on my phone, Gina. Oh yeah,
0: you're right. What generation, what am I thinking of in your, in your diary that had a lock and a little key? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I still have them. I have like eight because I would write like two pages in each one. (laughs) And (laughs) um, I always chose names that were like my older sisters, like friends, either like girls that I thought were cool or guys that I thought were like cool or had a crush on. And the ones that stick out is the because they're so random. The name that I liked was Shelby.
0: Oh, for okay. Uh huh.
1: The boys' names that I liked was Blair Ooh. and Zeke. Ooh, those are pretty unique, though. Yeah, I obviously didn't use them, but
0: no, obviously, was
1: Summer on one of your lists? It wasn't. No.
0: um and probably Tommy wasn't either, because that is purely from yeah. you married. <laughs>
1: Yes, but I always loved the name TJ. Oh, cute. There was a TJ I had a crush on. And I also then had a kind of a weird crush on TJ Lavin, the like really short BMX biker. And he was the host of the Road Rules Real World Challenge. Okay. So I thought Tommy Jr. Yes. TJ.
0: Oh, I get, I get it. Full circle.
1: That. Yeah. I love so it. there is some like, there was like, that wasn't like a hard sell. And
0: did you always want two?
1: Um, I think that I don't know if you feel this way, but I think that a lot of people just assume like if you're someone who wanted kids, like you're yeah. just to duplicate your childhood,
0: whether yeah. It was
1: good or bad, My was yeah. was good, but like I just thought like oh, two kids, that's what you you do. So I don't think I ever like, thought about having more than two. Yeah. Or less or less than two. Yeah. But so I think I knew that I wanted two kids although it's always really hard to even think about that after you have your first right yeah I was like no maybe not
0: uh when did that wear off I know it was at this point eight years ago but when did it wear off
1: remember because I remember thinking oh shoot like I have to do this again yeah 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 (laughs) don't but I was like I'm just not even going to think about it until it doesn't feel insane like it felt like absolutely not yeah, totally. And, then, and I was like, will I ever feel like that? And then when summer was like a year and a half, I was like, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then by the time she was, two, I was like, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely a shift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've talked about it in here before, but I remember when Maddox first came out, I was like, never again. <laughs> never again. Yeah.
1: Like, never.
0: Can't never. believe we have to go through that to, like, get the baby.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> Like, absolutely not. And just, and do, again, yeah. no, like, at, like, and then you think about these people have 10 kids in their yeah. whole life No.
0: Exactly. And I, it's funny you say it a year and a half, that's kind of I'm approaching a year and a half and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like worn off, you know?
1: Yeah. Like you can see the light, like totally. maybe you could do. It. And I actually thought, like, I never thought that the thought of having three would be appealing and it yeah. was never on the table, Yeah. but there were moments when little Tommy was even older, like. Three and beyond, where I was like, oh yeah older, yeah. like they're self-sufficient. Totally. <laughs> like and I as a baby. There
0: is something about I find myself doing this now. Where, well, with your first, I was so overwhelmed with the newborn, like not yeah. even knowing what to do with it. And I feel like now I'm just nostalgic for the newborn phase when they're just
1: yeah floppy and like and they don't <laughs> talk. Well, for me, like they don't talk. Totally. But also, like, to me, the whole, the hardest part about the beginning of being a mom for somebody who's, like, very controlling and busy, yep, yep. like, in my house. Like, everyone's like, you're, like I'm never bored. I always have, like, something I can do in my house. It was, like, having your hands tied. Yeah. Which is kind of like getting a puppy now. It's like, you forget, like, it's like, oh, you can't, like, I can't just do what I want at any given mm-hmm. time, like, even move from room to room freely or take a shower. Yeah. But once you've gone through that, like, for even a year two years, like, your whole life's already changed. Yeah, and yeah. so having a newborn is, like, actually so pleasant that those first months when it's just a tiny little baby that you get a hold because you're already used to sitting down. Yeah. And, like, being tied down to your new life of motherhood. It was like so relaxing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So zero to one or one to two, what was harder?
1: Zero to one. It was very, the first few months, especially of having summer were very difficult to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's start before we get into postpartum. Okay. You, I'm so fascinated because going through it one time, I always was like, yeah, maybe I'll do a natural birth. Okay. But you had two natural births. Yes. And I just, I want to know, okay, was that a conscious decision? Were you ever open to having an epidural? Like, how did that go down for you?
1: Okay. I'm trying to keep this concise. So I never thought about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of, all my like natural tendencies honestly have been inspired by other people. Okay. And just, I just learned a new way of doing things, and then took that and kind of tried to educate myself because it was fascinating to me. Yeah. So yes. for natural birth, my very best friend from college, who had, had her first exactly a year actually, she's more like almost one year exactly older than Summer. She and I don't even honestly know why or what inspired her, but she had a natural birth. Okay. And so she was my very best friend. One of the first people I knew that had kids. And so that and that I talked to about every, every single detail of, of her birth experience. Yeah. So I was only, I was pregnant like three months after her, her daughter was born. So okay. I was asking her, picking her brain on everything. So she was just telling me all about natural birth and, her birth was so easy and seamless that mm-hmm. I was like, that in itself is kind of probably, probably in hindsight, what triggered me to wonder why that was. Yeah. And that's obviously not to say that that's the only reason, but that's what got me interested. Yeah. So she kind of introduced the idea to me and had a really good birth experience. So that just led me to explore it. And so I ended up, if I remember correctly, looking into hypnobirthing and whether i wanted a doula and all Mm -hmm. of these things that kind of all led back to the natural birth Mm -hmm. and then living in marin there was a lot of resources for that so i think what happened is i went to my first doctor's appointment and kind of had a bad experience
0: Uh, like
1: the kind that we all usually experience at some point with a doctor where they you're going in excited and nervous, and then they say something totally out of left field that freaks you out and frightens mm-hmm. you, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Why are you talking to me like this?" Yeah, and it's very, very stressful when you're pregnant for the first time. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're having like the mom instincts of just being worried twenty four seven now about something, and it's not really based on anything other than comments from yeah another person or a doctor. So. That ended up making me want to seek out having a doula. Got it. And when I sought out my doula and did my doctor, actually not a big like natural birth vibe doctor, but mm-hmm. is just very chatty and loud. And it was like, whatever you want, we'll support you. Do whatever you want. Yeah. She's kind of funny. So she actually ironically referred me. She's like, do you want like a young hip doula or like an old lady doula? <laughs> and I was like, uh, on the menu of doulas, I think I will pick the old lady, like, wizard doula. Because I I, I I met with a couple, and I met with, like, some young girls that were way younger than me, and it was, like, an awkward yeah. conversation. Yeah. I was like, no, I need, like, someone who's much more wise than me in this situation. Yeah,
0: has yeah. been through it all. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So I ended up with this woman, Catherine Stone, huh. whose email, I think, literally is, like, Mothering wisdom. <laughs> I love Something it. Something like that. Anyway, she was what I pictured the doula for me to be. Yeah. She's older, like in her late 70s, and has like gray hair down to her hips and like a large white wolf dog. Oh. And lives in this like property up on a mountain yes. on Tam that's like uh-huh. overgrown but looks like it's out of a movie and like serves mm-hmm. you tea. She, every time we met with her, Tommy and I, she gave me, like, the best foot massage I've ever had. I love had. it. I love it. That was basically, like, the, I was sold on this journey. And she educated me a lot and gave me all the other resources for, like, helping with natural birth. So we ended up actually taking a birth class, too, by a really popular woman in the Bay Area. Her name is Rachel Yellen. Okay. And she teaches um, a natural birth class. And she really breaks it down of, like, this is what happens in a hospital. These are all Mm -hmm. the options Mm -hmm. that you have. Like, she broke it down to this, like, really logical teaching moment. It wasn't necessarily about, like, hypnobirthing or... I don't, it was like, here's the protocol. It was an education. It was like, right. here's and then that's when I was like, just enlightened because you just don't know these things. You have so no it, idea. Yeah. You know, Especially you your first you? time. Yeah. And with all the medical things, no one tells you like, no, this is a choice. No, this is what they're going to give you because that is the hospital protocol, which I understand, but you, this is why they do it. Does this, yeah. Do you fall into this category? Does this fit for you and your body and your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe it does, maybe it not. So like as a controlling person, once I got all that information and was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm going to make all these decisions based on what I want.
0: Yeah, it's so true, especially going through it the first time. There's so much to learn about all the decisions and like the things that are going to get presented to you. And like, I feel like that's why when I actually started educating myself, it was like, make sure you come up with your birth plan and, you know, you have your paper. It's very clear, like what you want and you don't want. And before you go through it, you kind of have no idea that you need to have made those decisions.
1: No. And it's a lot of work. And the other thing that played into this was I had, I found out really early in my pregnancy that I had gestational diabetes. Um, yes, That's
0: right. I, I thought I had it. I had to take the test three times and my marker was, 1.01 1.01 okay. below the yeah. thing yeah
1: okay so i have advice. did you have it with both or yes just? okay and there's one thing that i do have advice for people on actually and yeah. i always tell this to everybody in the normal protocol of testing pregnant women for gestational diabetes you do it at you might remember better than me like 22 or 25 weeks Something. pretty late and you drink that glucose drink and then you get the test Yep. Well, my doctor, actually, one thing I really liked about her, because I didn't know any of this, is she tests everybody at their first appointment when you get your blood work done, like at, I don't know, like 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. When you get your blood work done, she tests everybody's A1C. Yeah. Because she said so many people are already pre-diabetic and don't even know it. Mm. And so catching whether you were pre-diabetic, or you have gestational diabetes or a mix of both, catching it at 25 weeks and drinking that glucose drink is like too late to change the course of your actions and to try to get it under control. If you found out that early on like I did, I freaked out because I knew nothing about this and like Mm -hmm. the word diabetes got thrown to me, I knew nothing. And I was so stressed out, which was horrible, but I was like, I'm not okay with this. And I'm going to do everything in my power to control it. And so so did you change diet and everything I went down, like, and it was a lot of work and I didn't do that for Tommy. It just didn't have the, (laughs) the energy to do that. But I did for summer. I didn't have another child at the time. Right. And I hate to say I'm proud of myself because usually gestational diabetes, for a lot of people, there's nothing you can do. And it's not about your food or exercise choices. It's just
0: your body, your right? body
1: during yeah. pregnancy. That's yeah. what it is. Your yeah. body does something during pregnancy, it processes sugar. You can help it, but it doesn't mean you're going to make it go away. Yeah. I didn't make it go away, but I kept it under control so that I never had to give myself insulin shots. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want to do it. It just did not feel right. Yeah. And so, yeah.
0: So your advice is to try to get at your earlier when you're first getting all your tests around 10 weeks to get your A1C so that how are your levels so that you don't wait till 20, whatever, I think it's 26 weeks or something to drink it and be like, okay, well that's, I don't know, that's like 12 weeks of just (laughs) maybe having no clue.
1: Exactly. It's 12 weeks of having no clue. And we all sometimes like go off the deep end with our eating and like, that's fine. But we also like, and I trust me, I swung the pendulum with Tommy quite a bit, but you all like, we all know even when you're not obviously like eating healthy and being active is going to make everything easier on your body. Yeah. So for me it was just like a huge motivating factor. And there's really no harm in having adding that to your blood panel. I didn't even have to drink the glucose drink.
0: Yeah. Oh, that thing is so disgusting. Yeah. I was looking up, same as you, I have like an affinity for, I mean, I didn't have a natural birth, but just have an affinity for doing things as clean and organic and natural as possible. So I remember looking up, Googling, like, is this mandatory? Is there an alternative to the sugar drink? And like, couldn't really find anything. And you do find a lot of holistic doctors who are just against it, but yeah, it must be newer too. Cause I feel like my mom's generation, she was like, we never yeah. had to do that. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, also, too, I think it is a serious, real issue, but I, it's still something where, I mean, I could talk about just this for a long time. There's a number, and you mm. either fall below or above the number. Once you're above the number, you're in it. Like, you're yeah. in this gestational diabetes system, and you're not getting out. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. I had to food journal every week and go to this nutritionist that would. Flash me the food pyramid and tell me I wasn't drinking enough milk. And it's like, okay, this is mm, right. So I'll outdated. Work. So outdated. It's so, outdated. Yeah. so while it's a real thing and a real issue, it's a, still like, there's a lot that's dysfunctional about
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's unfortunate. Okay. So what about comparing your births? So did you have a doula with your second? Did you use the same woman for Tommy?
1: So that was a really hard decision because so... Summer, I had the natural birth. Yeah. It was, like, anybody would imagine your first baby, no drugs. Like, I had her two weeks early. Oh, you were two weeks early, too? Yeah, I was two weeks early. And so I never, like, I would say it was a good birth. Because I never experienced that, like, last two weeks or month or however long it could be, like, absolute pain where you're giant and you can't move and you're just waiting like I never waited just woke yeah. up one morning and I was like well today's the day my water broke yeah so that part actually was kind of nice thankfully mm-hmm. she wasn't too early and then it I it just it was really fast and I will say that is one of the thing whether this is like a fact or not everybody says when you have natural birth it tends to be much faster because when you can't feel anything, it slows you down. And pictosin can slow you down. Right. That was very appealing to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this if it's quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was quick. It was not painless by any means, but it was quick. When I hear how long other people are pushing for, I was like, oh, yeah. gosh, that sounds yeah. terrible. So that was my motivating factor. Um, okay. And it was in the hospital. I had friends that have had home births. And they're like, just go all the way and do the home birth. And I was like, you know what? I love that for you. And I love that I'm having a natural birth. But that doesn't feel. Yeah. No. That Mm -hmm. just, for me, that doesn't feel right. I think it's amazing. But that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't have to be like all this or all that. Totally.
0: You can do the blend of what works for you. Yeah, Yeah. I want
1: the blend. Mm -hmm. I want the old lady. I want to be in the hospital. Yeah. Let's blend it up. Yes. Yeah, that's the plan. Comparing the two. Oh, so when I was pregnant with Tommy, I was, like, having a really hard time deciding if I wanted a doula. It is a lot of time. I need to meet with her all the time. And there was there was things that she wanted me to do, like, watch these really old school videos and stuff that I, like, wasn't really that into. And mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I didn't. I had this, like, immense feeling of I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do this time I was like I just want to be I'm busy I have a toddler and I just don't want anyone to tell me what to do I know the things I want to do and that I'm supposed to do if this is the route and I just I don't want to deal with another person yeah so I decided not to okay I kind of wish I had in hindsight Mm -hmm. because like you said when you tell yourself, it's just a support system and like a checks and balances. Like when you tell yourself you wanna have a natural birth but you'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. It's hard without like support. It's like trying to work out-
0: that accountability that you know that someone is there for you with you, yeah. Uh
1: Yeah, exactly. So in hindsight, I would have at least had her for like the birth part. Okay. So the biggest difference with Tommy was that I had diabetes again. I kind of gave up on trying to control it. I was like, g- gained a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I just can't. I'm just doing my best. But the it was just harder. My blood sugar was not just in general easy to control. And so I did end up taking insulin at the very end. Okay. Which is fine. Uh, it's just uncomfortable to have to put a needle into your yeah. stomach. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just something you just don't want to be doing. But I did it at the very end. He was already like supposedly huge, which was, What was
0: he born at?
1: Um, nine pounds, 14 ounces.
0: Oh, wow. Uh-huh. But here's
1: the other thing. Like, the whole diabetes thing is like, I had one of the top diabetes nurses at CPMC, because that's where I had to go for some of my appointments, say, oh, we're just trying to keep babies under seven pounds. And I was like, what? Do you see me? Yeah. Like, why? Because uh, that would be unnatural. Like I'm a giant human and I was like a nine pound baby. Yeah. Like that's, I'm not, this body is not going to birth a six pound baby. Like. That's so interesting. I no, know there was like a goal. Yeah. In it. Yeah. I mean, this was one woman, but she was yeah. the head of this area. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about having a big baby.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I understand, like, there is a certain point they tell you, like, it can become dangerous or whatever. I, I was just not worried about that. And yeah. I even went in at the end since I was considered high risk because I was, if you take the insulin, you're considered high risk. Okay. For summer, I rejected it. So I wasn't high risk, even <laughs> though I was supposed to be taking it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: It's like these <laughs> categories, right? Yeah. Yeah. So because I was in the high-risk bucket, I went in for, I forget what you call it now, they like monitor you at the end, yeah. they monitor the heart rate, everything. So everything was fine. I knew that. I just had to do okay. all these extra stuff. Everything was fine. Nothing was ever wrong. Everything was fine. And then I was like, I'll have this baby early too. That's just what's going to happen. He's already huge, or I didn't know it was a he and oh you were surprised oh yeah yeah summer I knew Tommy I didn't
0: okay okay
1: and then I was like dilated like I don't know three, four centimeters at Thanksgiving and then I didn't have him till December 12th oh (laughs)
0: yeah so like like, when did you actually go into labor though like you can labor for a long over a long period but no
1: I actually ended up giving in and going in like a day before i think he was um uh, his due date was the 14th i went in on the 12th and I was like i give up you can induce me
0: got it got it got I was
1: it was like shocked like everybody was like there's no way like you're going to have this baby this week Thanksgiving and I was like yeah or tomorrow and I didn't so I definitely went through that period of that like three weeks where I was like are you kidding me
0: yeah yeah like I'm
1: just sitting here dilated with a 10 pound baby in my back I can't move because there was yeah. no room he was like diagonal like foot to head and there was it couldn't even move his foot yeah. yeah so I went in and I was like you can break my water and see what happens before you give me any drugs and so I went in, my doctor was dressed like Elvis, wearing a, f- a fringy black leather jacket, which seems not safe. Wait, like, why? Was, it wasn't I Halloween. Don't I don't know. That's a good question. Anyway, there was fringe, leather fringe hanging from her jacket. And I was the same doctor? Yeah. And that's how my water was broke. So that seemed <laughs> unsafe. But she broke my water and I immediately went into labor. Like <laughs> literally, like 10 minutes later. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, wait. And Tommy is the birth where you had the crazy blood clot, right?
1: Yeah. So I had my water broke. And then I was, like, just in active labor. And I remember I was, like, texting people at work. I was, like, so matter of fact. I've got this. I'm a second mom. I'm in so much pain. Uh, and guess what, guys? Like, I'm in birth. I'm in labor right now. Yeah. And then I was so just, like, a having, like, a toddler tantrum because I didn't have that, like, <laughs> I wasn't, like, mentally prepared for the natural birth. Just, like, went in. got my it was so different than summer.
0: Yeah, where the first one, it was, you were, like, I was at like home. Dedicated.
1: And, over yeah. and I had the lights down and the candles burning and the weird tinctures being, yeah. given, like, served to me. You know, who knows? My feet massage. And this time, I was, like, break my water, Elvis. And then... <laughs> I'm just like sitting there in the hospital so annoyed and so much pain and my back hurt really bad. Every time I had a contraction, I couldn't move. And then I was like, I give up. I give up, guys. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then this crazy crossfit nurse lady came in that was like insane shape and was like, I thought the minute I said in a hospital setting, I give up. That, yeah. like, that was it. So I, I knew when I said those words, that was it. This nurse comes in and is like, you're not giving up. You've done it before and you're going to do it again. <gasps> I was like, what? <laughs> no!" And she's like,
0: Crossfit nurse.
1: yeah, no, it's, I don't know why I know that. But I've always said that. I think I knew she did CrossFit. She must have had a shirt on. <laughs> and she's like, before, before you give in, I'll give you the gas mask to do the, um, oh, yeah. the laughing gas or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, just don't, if you start pushing, don't keep it on your mouth. And I was like, okay. And so I put it on my mouth and I just started huffing it as hard as I could. And I immediately went into it. I was immediately pushing Tommy out and I was supposed to take it off, but I just felt like if I screamed into the gas mask, it was making me feel better. huh. So then I just gave birth.
0: Oh my gosh! How many pushes did you do?
1: Like
0: three. Oh my gosh, Kayla!
1: <laughs> what is that?
0: It's not laughing gas, but it's some sort of pain med. Um, I'll no. have to look it up. Is no, it really it's not a
1: pain gas? med. It is like laughing gas. It just takes the edge off. Like got very- it. Not- okay. So, because like- I remember,
0: I remember that as one of the decisions. Do you want yeah. this or do you don't want this? Yeah.
1: It worked. I mean. Granted,
0: it clearly worked for you. Yeah. Okay. So, but the blood clot, when did that happen?
1: So, both of my pregnancies, yeah. Okay. So, when I even had summer, I did hemorrhage quite a bit, yeah. like right after the birth. Okay. But they, and so in both pregnancies, including summer, after I gave birth, they gave me Pitocin right away because I was hemorrhaging.
0: Mm-hmm. And that,
1: like, stops the bleeding because it contracts your uterus got it part of the issue I guess okay so that was scary but it's like I didn't even know it was happening and Mm -hmm. then it was fine like Mm -hmm. the pictocin worked but then I guess what I've been told is that like if that happens to you it's typically going to happen to you every time and so I knew that so I was like aware so after I gave birth to Tommy I knew I was like this is you guys I like had to call it I was like you guys this is come back like please mm-hmm. like, see what's happening I knew I was having really really bad hemorrhaging mm-hmm. and so they gave me the pictosin and it did the job and everything was okay but it was a little it's like it was a little scary because like mm-hmm. I was like very aware of that and it was you know it you lose a lot of blood so you're like already just gave birth and then you're like kind of shaky
0: and well the fact that you were even like aware enough to like remember and tell the nurses almost guide them is crazy yeah i was
1: like hey guys (laughs) yeah so then that was fine and birth was fine and he was fine and both pregnancies they test the baby for diabetes everybody's blood sugar goes completely back to normal that's what's weird about gestational diabetes they never had an issue and then instantly mine's fine yeah so everything was fine. Like the birth was fine. I, I brought him home. Like I said, I was like very happy because I was like cute little baby. I get to sit here, wild toddler. I'm just totally happy sitting here on the sofa, snuggling this little guy, you know? Yeah. The only thing that was a little stressful for most people with having their second is summer was like really sick, but it's like, what can you do? You mm-hmm. know, what can you do? Right. So I was already a little bit hyper paranoid about that and so I think on like day five I started feeling sick and I was like great oh I'm now I'm gonna get like a sore throat or I have the flu like that was about me me out but yeah my dad was over that day and I said I feel like I'm getting sick can you just sleep here because like I'm just worried I'm gonna wake up like really sick and I'm gonna need like an extra hand yeah So my dad actually stayed at my house and I put a thermometer next to my, I just like knew something was like, I was going to be really sick. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I had 104 fever. And you know how when they tell you, like, if you have a fever after birth, call the hospital right away because you could have some infection.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I woke up and I don't know if I've ever had that high of fever. So you already feel just generally like, yeah, very sick. Yeah but i had like a really bad acute pain like in my pelvic area so i figured i i'm sick and i have some sort of infection and i felt the worst i've ever felt my entire life like i couldn't i felt like i couldn't walk and my entire body was just ill yeah so i went to the er with baby tommy <gasps> because i that's kind of a whole other section, but I was like so hellbent on my nursing journey with him being good, and it started off so much better than summer. I was like, I'm not going to the hospital about this baby.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're like, we are in the routine. We are he's not missing a feed. yeah,
1: exactly. So I go to the ER, I, I can barely walk and they run all these tests and they're like, well, you clearly have an infection. But, like, we won't know exactly what the infection is until, like, we get your blood work back. So they're, like, you also cannot be in an ER with a five-day-old baby. Like, that is just really scary for the baby. And so I was, like, fine. So they admitted me. And then it was just this weird experience, honestly, cliff notes, where, like, they don't know what to do with a postpartum mom. They won't put Mm -hmm. you back in the maternity ward because you're not part of that anymore because you've already been discharged with your baby but you like have a newborn that's going to need to come visit you (laughs)
0: yeah
1: and you have a postpartum issue so they put me in like the pediatric ward of the hospital and then like the pediatric nurses don't know what to do Mm -mm. with you they're just waiting for your doctor like my ob to call from her office and like give direction So I basically just sat there in the hospital for two days with a antibiotic, like hardcore IV drip until my fever went down and it took a long time to go down. And then they're like, yeah, you had strep A, strep B, strep C, like all these things in your bloodstream. And I was like, but why do I have this acute pain in my pelvic Mm -hmm. area? My doctor's like, probably a uterine infection. And I was like, how do you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then, like, the second day, I was like, can I go home, I'm so confused, I still had the antibiotic, so it did take a really abnormally long time, honestly, to get the infection down, and I would try to get up and get out of bed, and I couldn't, because every time I sat up, I had this, like, acute pain, like, when I moved, like, you could feel where it was, and so, at the third day, my aunt, who used to be a NICU nurse, was there like taking notes and helping me and like trying to like facilitate and was like, she should get a CT scan. And so i got a CT scan and they're like, oh, you have a blood clot.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Another example of you having to push your way through the system and like get answers. Yeah. Yeah. So what do they do with a blood
1: clot? Well, that's what's very strange. I had an infection that caused a pelvic blood clot. There's a name for it. It's called like septic pelvic thrombosis. And it's super rare, super rare these days. And also way more likely if you've had a Mm C-section. So the fact that I had a natural birth with no... No major complication, was not related to gestational diabetes, hemorrhaging, I don't know, maybe, like, I'll never really know. I have lots of thoughts of like, why did that happen? Mm -hmm. But it's super uncommon in my circumstance. And it's really scary because you just basically have a blood clot and then you have this then cause an infection in my bloodstream. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's strange about it was outside of taking antibiotics to fight the infection with a blood clot. And this is the case, I think, for like pretty much any blood clot. You just get sent home on blood thinners and you basically Mm -hmm. stab yourself. For the next six weeks or however long with like this blood thinner medication. And then that's it. There's not even like a check-in. It's like that dissolves the blood clot. And you're good to go.
0: Then the pain just started going away. And yeah. It was dissolving.
1: Yeah. But there's wow. no like check-in. There's nothing to like check. You just yeah. do it. And then you're just... Um, so I just kept calling. i like, are you sure? I'm fine? Yeah. Like, there's nothing else to check.
0: Yeah. I... This is not as extreme. But semi-related. I remember with the postpartum healing feeling like wait, I'm not going to go to the doctor for a long time, but like, don't you need to check? What if a stitch came out or like, what oh. if something got sewed up wrong? Or I remember at my first postpartum appointment, they're like, Oh, we don't need to check you out today. You're like, you'll be back in six weeks and then we'll look then. I'm like, actually, like, can you make sure it's all good? Like, Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't even want to say, I was like, uh, something doesn't feel right. Can you take yeah. a look at that? And I'll like, yeah. say, like, Really?
0: Yeah, it's so interesting.
1: Well, I just don't think that is normal, though, right? Everybody says this, like, in today's society. Like, we just don't have enough support Mm postpartum. Like, you're kind of left on your own. I mean, I felt like that in the hospital. Yes,
0: totally. Totally. And there's so many things you need for the healing journey that you don't really know like until you get home I wish it was like a after bit more you're so focused on like do I have enough diapers for my baby do I have like it's all about the baby and you forget that you need supplies and like you need healing things and to get back to t- normal
1: that's right and you don't have time to set that up after the fact no so somebody would have to tell you if you want that support and kind of like schedule it before you have the baby that's what I did with the lactation consultant yeah because that was a big issue for me with summer and I was like well what am I going to do now I'm very stressed out I have a newborn I'm a postpartum new mom does not have the ability to like research or schedule or like make appointments you just don't
0: no absolutely not
1: yeah and so I had I I did that for Tommy and like had a late I had a lactation consultant that I met already and like loved scheduled like on call, like to yeah. come to my house within the first few days of birth. That was amazing. And she was just, it was just so nice to have her like come to the house for that. And just like another support system.
0: Yeah, totally. Like you had the team, like kind of like set up more appropriately exactly. versus the first one.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I also had a, this lady that does cranial sacral come Oh yeah, what's cranial yeah. sacral again? It's a type of chiropractic. Chiropractic. I don't okay. want to define it because I'm gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. But it's in the chiropractic world. Yes.
0: Okay. okay. Thank you.
1: It's more I mean, magical. My my definition is like it's some type of more magical. Any <laughs> <laughs> more magical adjustment? <laughs> she did some kind of magical adjustments to my baby. <sighs>
0: Okay, so your postpartum experience. So you kind of touched on this. your a little bit before when you were like, when I get stressed and like controlling. Yeah. <laughs> so it made me think of myself because I don't feel like a very controlling person until I had a baby. <laughs> I was just trying to control like every drop of milk that child consumed, <laughs> and trying everything to control his naps. Blah 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 blah. So if you could reflect on your postpartum time period, Summer versus Tommy, I know we kind of were saying that the second one, you, you have your, like, care team a little bit more in place, but, like, you postpartum, like, how would you describe your experience was?
1: For, between the two? Yeah, or just, like, in general, you can start with Summer. Yeah, Summer, I probably borderlined having, like, postpartum depression. Yeah. I think it was more just, like, loneliness. mm would be like the word to describe it. Because I didn't. I was in a new house. A new neighborhood. And then I felt lonely in my experience. I didn't have a lot of friends. That were going through that. That were in close proximity. Yeah. To me at the time.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you kind of said you were like. I was so used to being busy. And then yeah. here you probably are like rude awakening. Of like there's nowhere being busy.
1: Yes. And that's a hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard for a busy body to like yeah have their hands tied yeah even though I was I never had the feelings of like not being like obsessed with my baby
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh,
1: which I can't imagine like how hard that also feels yeah it was just more of yeah just like being lonely and not feeling like I had enough people to relate to that could like be physically yeah with me
0: yeah were yeah. you like one of the first of your friends to have
1: babies? My Seattle college friends all yeah. were like ahead of me in the marriage and baby game, probably mm-hmm. because I went to like a small private Christian school. <laughs> and then my Aculttis friends are like way behind. yeah
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. So
1: I was in the middle. so Got for it. for Bay Area, I yeah. was the first first, yeah yeah.
0: Okay, and then did it improve with Tommy? Like, did you have those same feelings?
1: No, and that's what I was saying. Like, it's happy and sad at the same time because uh, those first five days were, like, magical. Yeah. So it's really sad for me to think about, like, what then happened with my experience of going to the hospital because I wasn't with him. Tommy would bring him to me.
0: Oh, he didn't stay I, with you.
1: No, and I, like, and I honestly, like, I couldn't given time i was so sick
0: did you I, pump then
1: yeah so i was pumping all night long in the hospital and then tommy was coming and taking the milk and then feeding baby tommy in a tube
0: yeah uh,
1: oh. so that was just very depressing
0: wait why the tube and not the bottle we used to feed maddox in the tube but he was i uh, guess he was really little i guess yeah. when they're that little yeah. when they're
1: a little, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I'll just plug for another time. But then I also I did for Tommy, one of my best friends. Her first was six months old, and she actually was came to my house while I was in the hospital a couple times and was breastfeeding Tommy for me. Stop. No. That is amazing. Which was honestly one of the like, I honestly probably nothing will ever top the feeling that I had when I was. Told that that happened while yeah. I was in the hospital, like the gratitude that I felt yeah. was out of control. Yeah, I just did. I you ask up. her, or did she offer, or I didn't ask her initially. Yeah, <laughs> and then after I found out, oh, you got a six-month-old supply in there. Yeah. you want to go over and breastfeed him for me? Oh. Can you do that again? <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. You know, it's so funny because my sister and I
0: had babies a week apart and we would talk about like, what if we just like did a switcheroo? <laughs> uh, it's
1: very, uh, a little bit ta- socially taboo, but it was, I mean, I can can you imagine? I think something? that is
0: a thing though. Yeah. yeah.
1: Stepping in for you like that. Yeah. Talk about like postpartum help for, for your friend when I was yes. not knowing anybody. I mean, even this particular friend she always said like I feel so bad when you had summer I I didn't know what to do or what to help and I was like well oh, I hope you don't think that nursing my baby was like your way of making up for this <laughs> you don't owe me anything but I mean it's just crazy yeah you know I mean that's how women used to work like mm-hmm.
0: together mm-hmm. it's so true do so then
1: after the hospital
0: experience, did you and Tommy get your groove like with the yeah, whole? Yeah, got okay. our groove
1: back. Yeah, and yeah, I very much enjoyed like yeah. having an infant. Yeah, like I said, it, so it was very different in that sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I took a year off of having a full-time job.
0: Yes. Okay, yes. that's right. Okay, I work was one of my big topics for you because I just really admire how <laughs> maybe it's outside looking in, Galen. But, like, you're one of those working moms that I aspire to be.
1: (laughs) You mean really slow in her career growth? (laughs) No,
0: absolutely not. I mean, how you carry yourself in both roles. It's so clear to me that, like, you love being a mom. You're so passionate about being a mom. It's, like, your first and foremost priority. But at the same time, you like your job. And you're passionate about your job. And you're smart. And you bring great things to just the workplace and so it seems like you have you do both really well and I think that's hard because I can't remember it's actually someone we work with told me she was like you're never going to be getting an A in both things but like
1: I look at you and I'm like you're getting pretty good A in both things (laughs) Well, that's ironic that you say that, Gina. And thank you because I have been telling people my whole life before huh. I had kids that I am a straight B kind of gal, <laughs> and I'm totally fine with that. Like I am a at B, least a B plus. <laughs> I I'd say I'm a B plus person, and I say that not self loathing. I'm like a B plus is good. My mom. It is really good. Yeah, yeah my parents are totally fine with these. And so, honestly, I just like at some point you're like, I can't. You're too. I can't. Why well, try? Yeah. I'm good with B plus. Okay. I mean, personally, personally. Yeah. Okay. So wow.
0: what? Ad, this is we're gonna have an unsolicited advice moment. What okay. advice can you give? I don't like using the term working mom, but like what advice would you give? to women who have a full-time job, a nine to five or otherwise, and also our mothers.
1: Okay. Well, all you can do is try your best, right? (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So beyond that, like we just put so much pressure on ourselves of like these Hmm. unconscious rules, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to like fit into a certain box. So like, even if you're a working mom, you don't, there's even like kind of a a profile for that. Yeah. Like, there is. Yeah. And you can don't have to be that. Like you can be a little bit of everything.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, like I am good at my job some weeks and days, as you know, <laughs> and others not. <laughs> but like that's I can't I'm just doing my best so that yeah. I don't lose my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so you kind of have to just give in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm telling everyone to just give in and be a B plus kind of <laughs> mentality. Well, I mean, I know we're kind of joking about it,
0: but it, there is a very like important truth in there, which is just go a little bit easier on yourself, I think is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, mm-hmm. and what I, and what you said about me is, you know, you came into working with me when my kids were older than yours. And so Mm -hmm. there's different seasons, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually very much recall a leader Mm -hmm. having some kind of one-off conversation. I don't know what we were doing at the time, but it was like they were trying to have some wellness conversations like 15 years ago Mm -hmm. um, about being a working mom. Mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't even married. But I was like very intrigued and inspired by what she was saying that there was like she was a high up leader at a huge company. And she and she had said there was seasons in my kid's childhood where my career had ebbs and flows. Mm. There was a point when they were little where I had to work less. There was a point. And then they were like in junior high, and they didn't want to have anything to do with me, and I worked more.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: there came to like another point in high school where they actually felt like they really needed me, and I took a different job or I didn't work for a while. What she was creating, of like her trajectory and her career path, but I remember thinking, "Wow, like I could be president and take a year off." Yeah. <laughs> She did it like that's a long time of your kid's life. And so like I just I also think that we should not be afraid to lean into our like motherly intuition of when you need to like lean into home and when you have time to lean into work. Your career will go on. It will. It might take pauses. It might take some setbacks. But I honestly think it all evens out in the end.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, the work will always be there. It's almost always like your your relationship with the work is what you have control of and it ebbs and flows.
1: That's right. You said it best. <laughs> I was just summarizing what you said best. <laughs> well, you know, I I have a hard time sometimes with that.
0: I think you also raise a good point, which is it's ages and stages of your kids. Because yeah. I am okay, so for you now with them being five and eight compared to when maybe they were like younger and just had a bit, few more demands, if you will. For me, you know, Maddox obviously being, gosh, 14, almost 15 months and having the help and support we do, you know, obviously he's not in, he's not in school yet, but that will be another phase of life. He demands a certain amount of my mental energy and I only have so much left over right. between the hours of like 8.30 and 4.30. then I got to go back. I got to shift my mindset and have mental energy for him. And then sometimes have to shift back to work mode, you know? Right. So.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I think right now what's hard for me is summer is in like now entering the prime of like elementary school childhood where she's mm-hmm. super excited about all the extracurricular activities happening in her life. Mm-hmm. And she is still at a young enough age where she wants me to be a part of all of that and be facilitating them. Yeah. So that's the part I think for that like elementary school piece, yeah. that's hard because then now I'm also very keenly aware while that's like starting and in the thick of it, it's yeah, only going to yeah. last like three years until she's in junior high And it'll be the opposite. Yes. So that's a little hard for me now because I feel like with her, I'm like, I feel like I've got three years to like be immersed in this like pure elementary childhood joy where everything is fun.
0: Yes, that's so cute. That's such a good way to put it. And so yeah. you want to be present. Like you do want to go to the activities or take her to dance or whatever she wants. To yeah.
1: yeah. So like they're old enough to say things to you that are like actually yeah. make you feel guilty. And like yes. a baby can't talk to you. Totally. Like, All the other moms are doing this. Yeah. It's like a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. Uh uh-huh.
1: So it's just figuring out like navigating those conversations too.
0: Okay. So when Tommy was born, you took a year off.
1: Yeah, I took six months off because I worked for Ingrid and Isabel and oh, they had yeah. six months paid as a maternity company. So that was amazing. And honestly, like what everybody should be doing yeah. makes such a difference. Yeah. And I knew going into it that I would probably just take some more time off, whatever it took. Financially, mm-hmm. it didn't add up, but I was just like, I, I just going to do it, figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So I basically did that, and even after the six months felt, like, so much different than going back at four months. Mm -hmm. But I ended up then, I was getting a little stir-crazy as, like, someone who likes to be busy and likes to work. I ended up working at a really cute boutique in Mill Valley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was actually really fun. That was, like, perfect. Because then I just, you know, got used to getting out of the house, and I was, like, it was nice too because I was socializing. Like, I was like yep. the chattiest retail in <laughs> <Yeah>. town. <laughs> yeah. Because I was so excited just to like chit chat with adults coming in. Yeah. So I did that for six months. And then at the year, I was like kind of, I had always attended and felt very ready to go back to yeah.
0: That's, see, that's another, it's like a, just a good example of just honoring where you're at with, you know, it doesn't have to be straight and narrow, especially when it comes to working and motherhood together. You know, like you can, if what feels right, like to take a year off or to take whatever the time you need is, you just kind of have to honor that versus feel like you have to maybe like stick to the straight and narrow career plan.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like you don't have to fit and like I know we in like a corporate setting get really caught in that too. And I think you can have those goals. Like I do. I still Mm -hmm. have goals to keep moving up. And at the same time be like, I actually love working in retail and standing on my feet all day and talking to people. Yep. You know, and not being on the computer. Like both can be true and you can do them all.
0: Do you consider yourself an extrovert, Kaylin?
1: Is that a joke?
0: You're one of the more extroverted people I've ever met.
1: Well, yes, I do. Obviously.
0: Like, you, you you, get fueled and energized by, like, being around others and chatting and and just... I'm picturing, I'm picturing like, when we were once working in the office and, like... We
1: wouldn't it, stop talking.
0: And just filling your cup. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That is accurate. But...
0: I mean, everyone who's an extrovert also has introvert tendencies. I would would just say that.
1: Yeah, it's like I need a break. Yes. For myself. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Yes, of course I am. And I do think, though, that like in the past five years, I've noticed that I'm like excelling into crazy extrovert, like into like my grandma who like wants to just like say crazy things to strangers and like would talk to like you know, homeless people and the flower guy and like make friends with people at the bakery. Like I'm kind of in a kind of scary way, like moving quicker towards that, like grandma extrovert uh-huh. and probably is normal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay.
0: What is it like? I have some general mom questions for you. Maddox is developing like a little personality and like, I'm just like observing his little behaviors and he's learning things. And tonight we were, we're like, okay, bath time. And like, he's starting to understand what that means. And like, we'll literally like in the family room find when I say bath or bath time, he'll find all of his bath toys, which have somehow like gotten made their way out there. He gathers them up and he runs down the hall with them. Aww. And it's just like little personality things that I oh. feel like are coming out. So I feel like your kids are at like prime coming into their own with their personalities. So I guess I'm going to ask you, like, what is it like to just watch them develop their unique personality and unique sense of self?
1: It's just so fascinating. Like, it is just so you in some ways, sometimes you have like moments where it's sad because you're like, when you have a baby, you're like this shit. She's mine, he's yeah. mine, like uh-huh. you came from me. And then when they start to develop personality traits that could be really different than you, or really yeah. interesting, or like surprising, you're like, you really are your own person. Yeah. And it's amazing, but it does like you're also like recognizing that, like, you're not the same person. Yeah. You came from me, but you are truly yeah. your own person. So I, f- I find it, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it and it's also like growing pains I can see as like a mom of like watching your kids become their own person but Mm -hmm. then I like want to have the constant reminder of uh, this is not going to be the way that you should say it on a kid, but like let your freak fly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let them be. Yes. Like foster their
1: like uniqueness yeah. and yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh uh-huh. Um to, yeah, exactly. So I'm always like, I'm practicing now. So mm. one of my things that I do is I practice when they're little enough. I like yeah. pretend like they're a teenager talking to me. <laughs> so I'm practicing how I respond. Okay. To certain things to see what happens. Okay, so, like, you're listening to what
0: they're saying. What's an example?
1: Summer will be like, what would you do if I dye my hair pink tomorrow? Like, she'll say things like that to uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Because she's testing me, too. Yeah, yeah. And so, for example, like, I'm like, okay, like, what I could say is I would absolutely say no because uh-huh. you're not doing that, right? Yeah. Like, this could be a teenage conversation. Uh-huh. Only, like, I'm still in control because she's in second yeah. grade. So I practice, like, how do I respond to this? And then what does she, how does she react? So I'm considering this, like, testing grounds. I love it. Yeah. If you dyed your, um, well, I'm going to dye my hair pink, too. Would you be okay with that? And, like, I'll just try, I'll just, I'm just trying out different things to see kind of what, what lands.
0: How they react. Yeah. Do you listen to Dr. Becky? Or, like, follow Dr. Becky? No. Good Inside, Dr. Becky?
1: No, should I?
0: Well, she is a... I don't know. What is her craft? She's a therapist, maybe marriage and family therapist. I hope I don't watch this. But she specializes in, like, parenting and okay. uh, child development. And I think she has a podcast. Has a book called Good Inside. Has a whole platform about Good Inside. Has a great Instagram. Anyways, I was listening to her on Glennon Doyle's podcast, Who I, oh,
1: yeah.
0: I haven't listened to many episodes there, but I stumbled upon her. And I, I feel like what you're describing is kind of Dr. Becky-ish, which is just like being grounded in the moment of either tantrums with your kids or depending on their age, they don't have those anymore. Whatever it is, just ways to talk to your children that are yeah. healthy and meeting them there where they're at I hear you or like
1: you know yeah it's not, it's not intuitive like it's no. not intuitive to listen when no. your kid says something that's frightening to you and to <laughs> say thank you for sharing that and I love you yeah. but I've practiced that because I've with other professional advice I've asked people I actually remember asking a girl I grew up with who doesn't have kids that works with has been teaching in Oakland mm-hmm. with kids for a long time and kids that are growing up like very poor having like a lot of family issues and I was Mm -hmm. like how do you get these teenagers to love you so much Uh like that's what I want to know yeah and she was like you just listen yeah and I was like sounds too easy but we Mm -hmm. don't do that so that's like I've always had that in my head and so that's one of the things I practice too like if Summer says to me like everybody was so mean to me today, instead of trying to solve the problem, which is yes. also my personality, I like let her talk, and then I say like thank you so much for sharing that with me. Yes. <laughs> so you know sharing that with me, and then I really it really works. Yes. Like they okay. feel better. You don't need to tell them the answer. When I try to do that with her, she's yes. like, no, that will never work. I'm just forget it. But like, yeah. that's his response. And then they stop talking. And like yeah. the whole goal is get your kids to talk to you, right?
0: Yes. that's, that's like my goal. Kaylin, you you and Dr. Becky are gonna be best friends. <laughs> well,
1: I can't like play like, I've been this is advice I've collected from professionals. So
0: she gave this example in the episode about picturing your kind of your relationship and like your lifetime with your children is like picture a lot of benches in a field. And like, you're going to be sitting, the goal is basically to like sit on that bench with your child. And like, you're like, sometimes they're going to come home and have a really bad day. And like, all you have to do is sit on that bench with them. And then exactly, it was like, it was not about solving the problem, but it was just this idea of sitting with them. And then you're going to migrate to another bench, another week or whatever it is. And it's really about listening versus like going into solve mode. Um, Anyways. Okay.
1: I will have to follow her. I mean, at the end of the day, you do realize you can't solve yeah. it. Like you yeah. actually all you can do, like you, the solution is that you're the comfort to come to and give love and make feel better. Yeah. You, I can't solve the second grade playground problems.
0: Totally. <laughs> totally. As much
1: as I want to, and sometimes I'll give some weird unsolicited advice to <laughs> talk to the boys when she tells me like they're calling me a loser. I'm like, Oh yeah, tell them that you're they're a kook. But probably I'm going to get in trouble one
0: day. <laughs> okay. Last question. Then we're going to go into our final three.
1: Okay. What
0: would you say is. What thus far has been your favorite. Chapter or phase of motherhood.
1: Ooh, My favorite chapter phase. Um, I mean. I, I can't say favorite. Because mm-hmm. I do really miss having babies. Mm-hmm. I don't like pretty badly right now. (laughs) To the point where like my neighbor who I barely know is about to have a baby and I keep texting her, like, is the baby here? (laughs) And I she's probably thinking I'm crazy. (laughs) But I do really love that like in the past year, both kids, even though Tommy's still on the younger side, are able, we're all able like as a family to like function and like do yeah. fun things together without like having to think through like nap schedules. Oh gosh, yeah. So basically like the ability to just like function as like a family of four and be really flexible and like mm-hmm. just be more spontaneous and like when we mm-hmm. go on vacation, like we can go with the flow and like not everything has to be planned out. And like it's it's you know that aspect is more enjoyable. Yes. To kind of start doing normal, fun outings and traveling, and even just like going out to dinner. Like everyone's able to function without having like a meltdown or needing a nap, and yes. and really enjoying it. And like I love, for example, that little Tommy like wants to play games at night. I'll oh. start playing Uno. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, Isn't this uh. fun. Like I said, you're gonna play Uno now. Like I remember this.
0: Right, like, sometimes, and Maddox is still too young, but I think about how, like, he's bringing out, like, little childhood memories from, like, my own childhood. And I imagine with a girl, like, all the things you get to do with a girl that, like, probably got to have, get to have a
1: diary, just like you yeah. did, you know? Yeah, although I gave her one of my diaries that yeah. had, it was, like, a babysitter's club diary, and I had only written, like, one page in it. Yeah. I was like, do you want this? And she's like, oh my God, yes. And then I read it because also now she writes and I can read what she's feeling. Yeah. And she like wrote something really mean about me. Oh my god. Yeah. And I I don't even I'm not even gonna say what I did, but it was I was like, Are you kidding me? I gave you my babysitters club journal, and then you seriously, that's what you did with it. <laughs> so there's also can be a lot of those. We're yeah, in, or, you know. Yeah, in. yeah, not yeah. It's not all rosy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: hearing you talk about this like little sweet spot you're in is so cute because I feel like I get exactly what you're saying, and it is interesting. The again, like the when I asked like favorite phase or chapter, like the early years, so much are the we were looking. I really wanted to go on a trip, but it's in a few months. And so I was like, okay, Maddox will be on one nap. Okay. Let me look at the flight times. All right. Um, um, okay. Well, you're probably going down for his nap, but that's the time we land. So that's not going to work. It's just like, I was so stressed. I was like, I don't even want to go on the trip. (laughs) I know. And I was
1: like that. I didn't, I didn't do the trips. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't regret every kids is different for me. We were like, that's not going to be fun.
0: Yeah, no, I'm in that same boat too. Although one of Pat's uh, 2023 intentions is to travel more. I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) Just travel by yourself.
1: (laughs) Maybe I can go on a father-son Yeah, exactly.
0: I won't won't have to come along and be controlling about the naps. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Deal with it.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Well, this is just so much fun because I feel like I get to talk to you all the time, but I don't get, we don't get to like really get into the nitty gritty of this. So
1: I know, you know, all we ever want to do on zoom is just talk about non-work things. So exactly. Can we get to do this for this long is bliss?
0: Here we are. Okay. So we're going to end on the three questions that I ask every guest. So just say the first answer that pops in your mind.
1: This is like um, family feud.
0: It is. It's so lightning round. What is one thing that took you by surprise where you feel like no one ever talked about that you learned was part of being a mom?
1: The first thing that comes to mind is nursing.
0: Mm, Yeah. Okay. Say more. I would have said the same answer.
1: Just I, I, for summer, so much focus on natural birth. Every part of my energy was into, I'm going to have this amazing natural birth. Not one part of me. (laughs) about what I'm going to do with this baby when she's here and I had no idea that nursing would be that difficult and the biggest shock to me which anyone that has babies will relate to but laugh is when she was a little underweight and we were having trouble nursing they're like well you need to nurse her every two hours and I'm like but they take 45 minutes yes So at 12 o'clock, at 1245, I can't nurse again. That's an hour and 15 minutes later. And they're like, no, yeah, that's what you do.
0: Yeah. I I remember being like, oh, start a feed to start a
1: feed. (laughs) And I was like, absolutely not. Like, that's no, nobody told me that. That doesn't make sense. That's insane. Yeah. So, yeah, I was in shock and very underprepared.
0: Yeah, I would probably say the same thing. So did you in ner- summer? So did it eventually get better?
1: Not really. How long I did didn't... you ner- how long did you breastfeed her? I started supplementing like pretty yeah. early on because yeah. she was like was getting pressure to supplement. She was underweight, and I just it was a very rough journey. I had to use the nipple shields. Oh, of
0: course, yeah, yeah, Ugh. gotta love
1: those. Yeah, there's so many things like it was just. It was just rough. I, I tried to just like, continue to breastfeed or even I was supplementing probably for at least six months.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. But I was doing a lot of supplementing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. It's just the most. And I feel <laughs> sometimes I'm like, people probably think this is a breastfeeding podcast. So sometimes I consciously try not to talk about it, <laughs> but it ends up always coming up. But it was the thing that just took me most by surprise. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know. It just feels like, it feels like every, I don't, it's just like, how would anybody know?
0: It's right. just like, until you go to like your it. doctor,
1: yeah. I don't know. Somebody should be just setting you up for success a little totally.
0: bit. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, also, this is a tip for my humongous listener base, but <laughs> the, it's, quite, <laughs> the, it's
1: about to blow up. The,
0: a great person for resources for this is Carrie. I think it. You say her last name, Carrie Locker, L-O-C-H-E-R. Okay. Um, obviously, you know she's uh, not for you, Kaylin, but for <laughs> any new nursing moms, like <laughs> this would be perfect. Late, it's yeah. too late for you, but for any nursing moms, give Carrie Locker a follow because she will make you. Hi, she will help prepare her. you. It's K-A-R-R-I-E.
1: Okay, I'm. As, I'm still curious.
0: <laughs> yeah, L-O-C-H-E-R. Carrie. Oh, I see her. Yeah, I need to um, follow her. Great follow if
1: oh, she's followed by someone I follow, the vagina whisperer. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, uh, another good mind. person to follow.
0: <laughs> okay. Actually, this is a great segue into the next question, which is take yourself back to those early days of having summer. If you could give that first time mom version of you one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Oh, wow. Um, That's a really good question.
0: Just picture you in summer at home in those early days. You're in your postpartum. Like you told me, feeling low, lonely.
1: I mean, it's so. What did she need to hear? Yeah, it's so easy. It's it's one of those things where you need to hear it, but it is hard to absorb it in the moment. Mm -hmm. But like. This time is so precious and it Mm -hmm. will go fast and your life will evolve and you'll want to be back here. And Mm -hmm. just know that you can like pause everything that you're thinking about and you will get back to it so quickly. Just relax. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? Just just enjoy it and just relax. Yeah. Yeah. Someone can me to relax.
0: It's, you're, it's so true, though, what you said, which is it's so hard to absorb that in the moment because everything feels like the biggest deal and like the world's going to end if something goes wrong and it's everything feels like it's taking forever.
1: Yeah.
0: It, you quickly learn when you're out of the fog that exactly what you just said.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: OK, if you could sum up motherhood in one word or phrase, what would it be?
1: If I could sum up motherhood, I mean, I think, you know, I'm so bad at putting things into a cohesive phrase, Gina. You know what? <laughs> I think you're great at it. Um, okay, this is not a word, so I'm going to kind of cheat.
0: It can be, uh, what it, if you could sum up motherhood in a long-winded <laughs> format. Okay, thank you. What would
1: it be? I always just think about like you are a different person. Yeah. But that sounds cliche, but it's like you okay, here's here it is. Okay. It's selflessness. Mm. That's Great what word. it is. You're right. Like, I once you become a mother, like you realize like somebody every person on earth, like somebody had to go to all these the degree that we had to have to give birth and have a child and go through all of these things that we're talking about. Like, yeah, every human to be here. And until you've done that, you just kind of are, not everybody. I was like, like, you go through life, just doing whatever you want. Yes. And I think like you become very selfless when you start having to take care of other people. It totally shifts your world and perspective of how you live.
0: Yeah. And it's a really good word.
1: Yeah, and I think you're more grateful because of it.
0: Yeah, that's such a good word. No one has said that on here yet, but it's
1: okay.
0: yes original, Kaylin. That was a really good one. That's going to stick with me. Okay, thank you. All right, friend. I okay. loved this so much. Thank, thank you for you. spending this lovely evening with me.
1: I'm honored that you had me into your closet with you. <laughs>
0: i'm so glad you could have joined me in this really high-end sound studio love it all right friends thanks for tuning in to another episode of mama to mamas we'll see you soon
1: okay thank you